Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You are back at your favorite spot in San Diego. I am with Sandy Bartlett. Uh, This woman is really on the cutting edge of self-discovery. She said it is the key to unlocking all of life has to offer. What is it to live a quality, balanced life? To be peaceful, to be in the moment, have some synchronicity, but also to have tools like her book, which you can refer to, practical applications that you can incorporate in your life. Sandy's going to talk to us about that uh, and a whole lot more. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Sandy? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. So excited for this session. I'm excited too. I want to, you know, pick up what you're putting down, see how you move, okay? okay so tell my brains how you show up in the world well lots of different ways but mainly I am a self-discovery coach uh, for women and what I do is assist them in silencing that inner critic um, to use their voice with confidence and to be their authentic selves without apology I have a passion to help women live a joy-filled life and to stop feeling guilty for taking care of themselves. Too many women are trying to live up to everyone else's expectations but their own. So that is my mission, my drive, and my passion. That's a lot of heavy lifting, you know, because innately women are born to be the nurturers. We have a strong, empathic, intuitive, insightful self so just by design alone we encapsulate other people's feelings problems uh, we overthink we that's how we move you know we take care of our parents or in those sandwich years we take care of our kids neglecting ourselves there's a couple things i want to touch on though the authentic self. A lot of people don't even know who they are. So to show up authentically and to be real about it, what does that look like? You know, how do we shape that? Because it's ever evolving. You know, we're not the person that we were 10 years ago. We're not the person we were 15 minutes ago. How do you help that person discover that? It's really looking inward. And, and I, I have to say, I mean, I am one of those people. I, for years, um, worked in corporate. And it was always about, you know, whatever image I was told I needed to project in one, uh, in, in, in a couple of different jobs that I had, there was the, there's expectations that are placed upon us to 
be a certain way, to look a certain way, to dress a certain way, to act a certain way. And, and I played the game. <laughs> and, but the, I believe, I believe there are ways to be able to, to do that, but still be yourself. In my case, I was, um, I don't know what the right word is. I don't want to say chastised. I wasn't chastised, but, but I was, uh, like when I, in one case, I was, I started reporting to somebody different. And the first thing he did before he even really got, got to know me was have me start working with, with somebody, a, uh, trying to remember what they called her at the time, but it was like, uh, I didn't a fit. A groomer? <laughs> I guess I didn't yeah. fit their image, you know. Yeah. Um, and and I I ultimately I I left that position. I actually retired from it. Um, but it was because I did speak up. I I I'm one of those. I feel like if you don't want to know my opinion, then don't ask. And but it was like in that particular case in that environment. It was like, well, we want to know what you think, but only if it fits within our our world, our realm, if you will. And that happens, I believe, a lot with women, not just in corporate. It happens a lot of different places. I used to refer to myself as a chameleon, that I just blend it in, go with the flow, don't want to rock the boat, don't want to, you know, have to explain yourself, don't want to make people upset. And there is some value to that on occasion, but I was doing it all the time to the point where I would say yes to things that I really didn't want to do or places I didn't want to go. And then when it came down to it at the last minute, it was either make an excuse, not feeling well, have a headache, whatever, or go and be miserable. Mm. And that's really no way for anybody to have to live. And it's taken me really a long time to get to the point where now, if I don't want to do something, then I say no. <laughs> and I don't have to provide an explanation. Um, even Absolutely. if somebody would, would want one, I don't have to. I co-sign on that because no is a complete sentence. Absolutely. And you don't have to overthink it you don't have to justify it now you don't have to be rude or condescending either exactly it's all in the delivery and the delivery comes with a strategy because you have to set yourself back and you have to look okay am i being perceived because perception is important you know we always want to show up as our authentic self but sometimes that can be aggressive it can be assertive because we're women if you have been suppressed if your voice has not been heard and then all of a sudden you have that day <laughs> that you've had the, the menopause hot flash <laughs> and you start coming up out of the ground you know because you have all of this built up suppressed feelings emotions anxiety self-loathing or the overachiever syndrome syndrome now i've got to prove myself now I'm going to really show you who I am. I'm going to, you know, it's a delicate dance. And so you need to work with conscious people like Sandy or me that get it, that help offset that. 
Because sometimes we, as women, we can come on too strong if we've been suppressed, you know? So how do you tell that woman that is aggressive, you know, let's, let's not talk to the, the, the mealy mouth <laughs> woman. Let's talk to the hard charger. You know, she's got that thin, uh, that, that nice tight skirt and those red bottom shoes. And, you know, she's making six figures and she's walking in there, but at the end of the day, she's got to face herself. What do you say to her? Cause she's struggling too. She is. Every woman struggles in some manner or fashion. Um, <clears throat> so for those, for that woman, sometimes it's, we try so hard to fit in with our environment, wherever that is. And, and so it's, it's finding that balance. So when I work with somebody, I mean, I'm asking a lot of questions and getting down deep into, you know, where they want to be, you know, where they're at right now, where they want to be and what's stopping them from getting there. And so it's asking a lot of questions. It's doing a lot of self-reflection. It's, um, it's really <clears throat> liking that person that you look, that looks back at you in the mirror. I believe there's a lot of women, and I'm not saying it's every woman, but I believe there's a lot of women out there that avoid the mirror. I I used to, you know, never want to have pictures taken of myself. I didn't like the way I looked, um, and and that's it's a similar concept because whether you're having a picture taken or you're looking in the mirror you're still seeing the real you. And sometimes we don't want to face that. So, you know, a mirror is more than just for reflection. It's also a place to make corrections. To sit in Absolutely. there and identify with who you really are. And be honest. If you can't be honest with anybody else on the planet, you better be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And then... How do you weigh that? What is the value of that? Is it in dollars and cents? Is it in your career, your relationships, your physical body, your wardrobe, your handbag collection? <laughs> what, where do you value that? And where do you um, exude that? How do you share that? How do you pay it forward? To me, as a person, I was uh, talking to this, I was in, a, uh, in Hollywood yesterday working with some people. And I had taken some guests, that former guests that had been with me. And I really did the helicopter view and looked at the individuals that were in the audience, the individuals that were on stage, the people that were actually producing the show. And I'm saying, you know, everybody had on all these different hats. And I could tell where there was a, a deep lack of sincerity. They became mechanical animals. You know, they were just kind of going along to get along. Or they were trying so hard to impress other people that I was like, you know, when you go home and you take all this off, where do you land? So that's my question to you, Sandy. When you become grounded, either you're on one side of the spectrum or the other, how do you greet this new person? Because that's a startling realization. It's like, you know, I've been wearing this facade. I've been putting on this, you know, this masquerade. And now all of a sudden, this is who I really am. It can be a, a stark reality. 
It can, and it's it's one you have to be willing to to take on and ready. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be, there's going to be times where it's fearful. There's going to be, I mean, I've spent the last, since I, re I retired twice, actually. <laughs> so the first time I was retired for two years, and then I went back into the corporate world, but I went into a completely different environment, into a casino world, which was a, a trip. <laughs> um, uh, I, and I, so... Well, I know, yeah. <laughs> And even within that, there was different environments because I first worked at just a you know regular casino. Then I went to a tribal casino. So that had its own set of dynamics. Um, but since I've left there and it's been a year and a half since I retired the second time. And I have really spent a lot of time on me and figuring out what I like figuring out who I am, which involves a lot of, you know, quiet time in the morning, meditation, journaling, um, you know, devotionals, all, you know, all kinds of things. And it's really in doing education. Some women are not ready to face that. So it's being willing to ask yourself those hard questions and being ready to embrace that person inside whoever it is um, and and accept her for who she is I think that's part of it is we 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 put up put on those masks and we wear all those different hats because we feel like that's what we have to do to be accepted when the reality is you can do all of those things by being who you are and being genuine and being sincere and and so it, there comes a point where you have to ask yourself, what is it that I really value? What is it that I really want? Because I will lay a bet that most people in that situation that are in those high-powered situations that are in that, they're not being themselves. And I would say if they really, truly were honest with themselves, a lot of them probably are not happy, but they're doing it. They don't know how to change that. They don't know how to make that pivot, make that switch Be for whatever reason. Maybe they don't want to give up the money. They don't want to give up the lifestyle or whatever. They feel they're afraid of what other people are going to say. That's probably the biggest thing That's is people me. are so afraid. Yeah. I'm 61 now and I don't give a hockey puck. <laughs> too much well let me um let me qualify that too much about what people say because sometimes what people say is what you exude and you have to manage that as well everybody doesn't need to see the cards that are in your hand sometimes you are going to have to send your representative but what is that person, you know, representing? What are they, are they able to see the forest for the trees? Is there a deeper underlying message? What is the intention? You know, I have a, I have a exactly. very keen set of discernment. Girl, you should have seen me yesterday. My daughter was like, mommy, you know, you, you've got a different look on your face. I was, you know, I hadn't been in Hollywood for a minute. 
um, I've been working a lot in San Diego, but it was really interesting to see some A-list celebrities that are not happy. You know, it, you guys at home don't see when the cameras are off, the body language, the slumping, the constantly looking at the watch. They're just human beings like you and I. And right. then when that camera's on, you know, it's, it's, it's action. So that's the same type of things that we do in a different way. You know, you're sending your representative. You got to be on. You got to be this. You got to be that. It's hard to just be yourself, Sandy. And I know that that's your field of expertise, but baby, that's work. That is work. And to be consistent at it and to be happy with it. It's not about the things, brains. It's not about the things. It's about looking at yourself. I went for a walk on the beach uh, in Coronado the other day and it was cold and I had my big jacket on and the waves were blowing and you know, people were out there, they were out playing volleyball. It was majestic. I was in my heaven. Life couldn't have been any better. I didn't care about how much money I had. I didn't care about the car. I didn't care about, you know, how the, the big belly that I was carrying with me walking down the beach. I was happy in that container. So, you know, as a coach, you got your work cut out because it's a lot of responsibility to help somebody carry that container. They want you to come in with the secret sauce. They want you to come in with the pixie dust and the magic and you're going to fix me. But I tell you, if I tell you once, I tell you a million times, uh, you got to show up. You got to do the work. You got to be accountable. You can work with Sandy for 15 years. I've got a girlfriend right now, bless her heart. She's been in therapy for 20 years. And I said, you know, you went through this trauma for 15 and you're still talking about it for 20. Where's the healing going to come? Do, do you want to really meet that person? And I think she's afraid of the person that's on the other side. Because it's scary. But before we get into your book, I want to ask you some fun questions about you. I want to get to know you. Okay. okay? <laughs> My favorite question. Uh, bring it. <laughs> if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be, Sandy? Who I would be. I would be a blender. Get a lot of blender. Why do you want to be a blender? <laughs> because I feel like there's a lot you can do. You put all those ingredients in there and you blend it all up and it all works out together to something magical and good. I want to be the air fryer. <laughs> I thought about that one. Because <laughs> it's slick, it's quick. You don't need a lot of grease. It's still crunchy, easy to clean. If you were a flower, what flower would you be? I would be a lotus flower. Because there's, what is the saying? You can't. Uh, there's, I forget the saying, but it's about the, there's no lotus without the mud kind of thing. It's like the beauty comes up through all the muck and the, you know, and I feel like, you know, when you, when you truly find you and truly get to that point, all that beauty comes out that, that you've been hiding and you've been 
pulling away from and this beautiful flower comes out of it. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? <laughs> um, I would be what I currently drive, which is a Jeep. Because yeah. it can go up and over. I don't drive it like that, but it is uh, multi-purpose and all-terrain. So. You know, kicking in the overdrive and try to go up the mountain and sand dunes and all that in Arizona. <laughs> I haven't. Well, we don't have any around where I live. I'm I'm at elevation of five thousand, so okay. um, that's why we had snow this morning. But the sun's out and it's starting to melt. But um, but yes, I have not done it yet. But it we we could do that. <laughs> but we I have other be, toys for that too. I want to be a nineteen seventy VW minivan. Oh yeah. All the flowers on the side and big windows, a mattress in yep. the back. And yeah, I, I just wanna <laughs> I just wanna take it back. If you could Freeze time along. travel, you could time mm. travel, where would you land? Past, present, future? Oh goodness. I would I think past probably fifties. I've always been fascinated with that time frame. I just think it's fun. Life was a lot simpler then, um, with the then the way they dressed with the poodle skirts and all that. <laughs> I just think I it was fun. Like in, I want to be like in thirty thirty, <laughs> mm. <laughs> really futuristic. You know, where there is no history, where you are creating a new reality. That you're being progressive. Yeah, I like that. Sandy, what's your superpower? Hmm. My, I would say it is um, my empathy and listening. Mm. What do you want your I legacy? Feel it. That I made a difference in this world. That I left it better than I than it was when I got here. Because you're a blender, you're mixing it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're taking all of these wonderful qualities, your expertise, your experience, uh, the work that you've done on yourself, and you have created a program. Tell us a little bit about the program and the workbook um, that's associated with it. Sure. So the program actually I tailor to um, whoever I'm working with, whatever it is that they need, but it starts with, I created a self-assessment wheel, which has eight different areas of self, self-worth, self-esteem, self-love, self-confidence, self-compassion, self-knowledge, self-talk, all of those things. Because I believe when you work on the different aspects of self, your self-confidence is a natural byproduct. So we start with that and we identify, well, where are those, I don't like the word weaker, but for lack of a better description, the, you know, the, the less strong areas that somebody may want to, that a woman may want to work on. And we then tailor, um, tailor our, our program to that. But through all of that is how I ended up writing my book, Unconditionally You, Your Sassy Guide to Self-Love. Um, all of those areas of self are inter interwoven. They all intermix and there's aspects, you know, of all of them all over, but self-love, loving yourself 
if you don't love yourself first, it's kind of like when you're on a plane and they they do their little safety spiel and they say, if the oxygen mask falls, put yours on first before you help others. Self-love is the same. It's, you know, you talked about, we talked about at the beginning and, and brains, let me tell you, we all take, we are nurturers. You know, April talked about that where we are natural nurturers and it's our, you know, it's just what we do. It's how we're raised. And we always want to take care of everybody else. And we get to that point where we feel like it's selfish to take care of ourselves. But the reality is, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not loving yourself, then you're going to have a much more difficult time doing that for those around you that need you, um, especially when it's crucial in a critical time. Um, you've heard the saying, you can't pour from, from an empty cup. And I know that's cliche, but you have to fill you have to fill your cup up in order to be who you need to be for others. So we that's really kind that. of the premise. Well, we were talking about that yesterday. The cup. Mm -hmm. If your cup is full and it's runneth over, you have an obligation and a responsibility to give that overflow to others. You know. Okay, Absolutely. Is, it, is it half empty? Is it half full? Either way. But what happens if it's overflowing? So you have overflowed into the pages of a complimentary workbook that goes along with your program. Share us, uh, share with us a little bit about that and that what's inside the pages of that. Well, it's the what I what I really, really wanted to do when I wrote this was I wanted to, it's not the type of book that you have to start from the beginning and read till the end to, to get anything out of it. You could, there's five chapters. I mean, it's a small book, five chapters. You could start at chapter five if you wanted. You don't have to, you can start anywhere you want in the book. And each, they're written to, to kind of stand alone, even though they complement each other. So the book, and it's available digitally or in paperback, but then there's also a downloadable workbook that can that you can, there's a QR code in the book. So you can download the workbook if you want, or just use a journal because throughout the book, the way I've created it is that I talk about different areas, but then I give you action steps and things to ponder and things to consider. And so doing, and so by doing that in a journal or in the workbook, either way, it helps you. It helps solidify the points that are that I make, you know, in the book. Okay. So let's see if we can pick up what you're putting down. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about chapter two. For example, is called "Love Affair with Yourself: Flirting with the Beauty in the Mirror." And so, and I. I'll just read a little bit. So the intro that I wrote, I said, I used to be so critical of myself, mostly my appearance. I'd have friends tell me I'm beautiful and that I have a nice smile and I would discount their words and I didn't believe them. As I talk about in the introduction of the, of the, of the first book or the first chapter rather, I had no self-esteem after my then husband told me he was not attracted to me due to my weight. We actually did that twice in our marriage. And so in this particular chapter, I share some of the things that helped me overcome the mindset that I needed 
to be a certain size or look a certain way and helped me believe that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. <clears throat> and I go on to talk about self-esteem is often considered the same as confidence, competence, and worth. And while they are related, it's important to recognize self-esteem all on its own. Your self-esteem is how you appraise your worth and how you think, feel, and act based on your assessment, not other people's. Building a healthy sense of self-esteem is a helpful practice of self-love. Fostering your self-esteem helps you better understand yourself and develop a healthier sense of identity. And then I have an action step in the book where you go through and you identify different qualities. And just to make it fun, I you label them, you have slay in it, those, I, those that you I think are, are positive for yourself, nay in it for those that identify as negatives, and then the just meh for those that are more neutral. And so you're coming up with those lists. I believe personally it's important to do that. Too often, we as women have a tendency to do what I did. You discount, oh, no, you know, you, instead of just okay. saying, thank you. And um, that was what I was going to say. You got to be gracious. Gratitude is latitude and it will change your attitude. But people's, you know, oh, because I will tell folks in a heartbeat, I love me. I blow myself kisses. Uh, I take myself out to a nice lunch. I don't wait for the outside influence. I don't wait for the outside echo chamber. Because people are good. Well, there's, there's two sides to that. You know, people say, if, if you don't have haters, you're not doing nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> that person that's hating can't be the, the person that you're carrying around all the time. And I was shocked when you when you said that, that you didn't think, we don't want to be conceited. But where did that come from? That you didn't think that you were pretty or, you know, did you have challenges growing up? Were you bullied? Were you not, not substantiated and validated by parents or siblings or grandma? You know, how did you get that negativity embedded in you from the onset? I think it's a combination. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up as a latchkey kid. <laughs> You know, both of my parents work. We were, you know, middle class. I don't remember. I don't, well, I don't remember my dad ever telling me I love you until I was an adult. It was actually after he and my mom had divorced, which I was a freshman in college when that happened. And that was the first time I really remember my dad telling me I love you. He told me all the time after that, but I don't remember it. I mean, he was always very playful and, you know, I knew, I knew that he did. Um, and then my mom was always very critical, um, <clears throat> you know, whether it was hair or whatever. And then, and I always struggled with weight. And so when my first husband told me twice in our marriage that he was no longer attracted to me because I had gained weight, I mean, my self-esteem just tanked. And so that's just, it's constant that those tapes are constantly playing. I mean, I was, I was never a, you know, tiny petite child, you know, um, and so, and, and we, you know, I mean, I go home, I love sweets, and my brother and I were by ourselves after school, and so we'd eat whatever we wanted, and there was nobody there to 
you know, I didn't grow up like working out or, you know, anything like that. So ultimately, as I experienced all those different things, um, and I was painfully shy, painfully shy as a child. <clears throat> and actually, up until I'm still consider myself somewhat shy, although I have no problem, I can get up on a stage and talk and greet and talk and teach. Um, but you put me in a social situation in a party and I'm the one in the corner just sitting back there watching everything waiting to see what happens you know I'm not I I'm yeah, my outgoing know how to send out your representative mm -hmm. exactly but and you know and I had to you, learn how to do that but brains this and we bring this up is because it starts from somewhere I mean we don't just wake up one day and say no these feelings um, are embedded in you. And I had a, grew up with a stepfather and I absolutely adore that man. Uh, but he wasn't, uh, and I, you know, he wasn't one to, which was cool with me, you know, come sit on my lap and all that. No, it was like, hold my hand. He was, you know, very matter of factly, uh, there was law and order there. There was no whole bunch of, you know, young men coming in and out and all that. You were a lady. You carried yourself a certain way. You know, he was awesome. But he was very stern. And when I look back, uh, I look at his relationship with his mother. I don't know what it was. My mother was just the bee's knees, honey. Nobody could hold a candle to her. She was loving. She was nurturing. She was cool. <laughs> She was a conversationalist, you know, she was a, you know, she was a smart woman, but she had a seventh grade education. She had a baby at 14, you know, so she didn't want those things in me. And she was able to change that epigenetic. She cut it off where my, my stepfather too was able to just craft it in a different kind of way because he's very secretive. So I don't know what, you know, what the backstory, I'm sure that there's a backstory to his upbringing. But the balance, the yin and the yang worked for me. Where raising my daughter is, you know, I couldn't tell her that she was important, that she was, um, that she was validated, that she was substantiated, that she was, I couldn't tell her that enough. And it worked because there was a sense of balance, you know, with her. She took it on. She didn't concede it. She's very kind and giving, but she does have strong sense of boundaries. So I share all of this with you, Brains, is that, again, that comes with meeting who you are, working with someone like Sandy, if you're confused, if you need validation, if you need more tools to get that clarity, to color in the white space. Because we all have it. And what we also have to understand is that it's not over till it's over. Me and Sandy are women of a particular age. And yes, we do look good. <laughs> it's not just the moisturizer. It's the fact that we've done the work, that we've showed up. And it's an ever-evolving process. Meditation, yoga, exercise, conversation, forgiveness, you know, financial literacy, you know getting in a Jeep and going out in the field, seeing if you can find some locust flowers, um, you know, maybe coming home and making a smoothie in that blender. 
all those things make a difference in your life. Sandy, I want to thank you so much for being open and honest and vulnerable, for dedicating all the work that you've done in human resources. That's where she retired from, Brains. She is a human resource. And we're not talking about the one that just hires you or fires you. We're talking mm -hmm. about a reservoir of dreams, opportunities, um, suggestions, coaching, teaching. So all of that is what she provides and a lot of experience. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you so that they can love on you and they can learn to love on themselves. Awesome. The probably best way would be to go to my website, which is www.thesandysandybartlett.com. And all of my, um, my emails on there, how to schedule with me, my programs, my books, everything is all on that website. And that's probably the best way to reach me. Brains, we're going to put all of our information at the back of the interview. Leave a comment. Like, love, and share. Those comments are valuable because that's how we grow and evolve and we sharpen our knife so that we can give you what you need. We're not just doing this because we're cute. <laughs> we're doing it because we can. <laughs> but we don't know what we don't know. You know, there might be other elements. There might be a chapter six, seven, eight that Sandy can add. There might be things that she can add to her program. There might be guests that you want me to bring on the show to support that, to validate that. So do your due diligence. Go in, love, like, share, and subscribe. Send Sandy an email. Uh, you know, maybe she'll do a consultation with you, you know, so that you can check out and see it is what you need. But we all need something. None of us are perfect. I know you look at me and Sandy and you think we're perfect, but we're not. <laughs> we're doing the very best we can. And you know what? You might be able to help us too. So love, like, share, leave a comment. We are on every social media outlet on the planet. Thank you so much, Sandy. I value you. I appreciate you. And, you know, maybe we can get together and ride in that Jeep. <laughs> I'd love that. Thank you so much. Bye, brains. Take care of yourself. I care about you. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.